Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Knowledge Podcast by Wahoo. I'm Jeff Hubler. And I'm Matt Casson. Today we're going to be talking about the X Factor, or cross-training is a lamer way to say it, but... I don't know. I like the X Factor. Keeps it mysterious. So we're going to go into what exactly we mean by cross-training, why it's good for you, why you should do it, and especially now that it's the summer months, people are outside more, except for you Southern Hemisphere people, I'm sorry. But for the people who are in a nice sunny location and are outdoor more... It's pretty normal to not do as much cross-training, and we're going to try and convince you that you should keep with it year-round. And as far as cross-training, traditionally we think of cross-training as strength training or yoga, but it really could be a variety of different activities. It could be swimming if you're a cyclist or hiking, running, could be pickleball, could be rock climbing. Rock climbing might be difficult for most cyclists just from the requirement of three people that are very close to me who came into bike racing from cycling. They came into bike racing from cycling? (laughs) Is that what I said? Yep. Well, they are rock climbers and they came to bike racing after rock climbing. Okay. um, Okay. Fair enough. Just wanted to throw it out there. And then of course, strength training or yoga. Yeah. Really cross training. The idea is it's something active and physical that might not, it's not exactly sport specific or discipline specific, but it still is an activity that can be good for you. I would, I wouldn't classify, let's say base jumping as cross training because the, the benefits, the crossover benefits of that to say cycling, it's probably not that much. If you enjoy it and it is fun, sure, but I wouldn't classify it's it. It's just another activity that you do. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So taking that line, some of the main benefits of, of cross-training, like you just said, the um, different movement patterns. So multi-directional movement that give you a new stimulus and really help support connective tissue. Endurance athletes are notorious for moving in straight lines. Especially on a bike when you're physically connected to a crank that's going around in circles. Right. Or unless you're Chris Froome and then you get a little more. A little elbow action? Elbow out, <laughs> knees out. So, you know, some of the benefits with cross-training, especially if you're doing strength training, is to build muscle, improve tendon strength and bone density. You get coordination benefits out of this, so you're working your nervous system, and depending on what your activity is, and it's just fun. You know, it's a little mental break. Yeah, and to go back a couple steps there on the building muscle, improving tendon strength, improving bone density... And then also talking about improving coordination, nervous system function. If you ride a lot, there's a good chance you're going to end up on the tarmac at some point from a crash. It it happens. It would be good to avoid as much as possible, but it happens. And one of the things that, again, with cyclists in particular, they can there's a tendency to have really low bone density. It's something Ginger and I talked about in one of our earlier episodes, the issues there. But so doing cross-training, specifically strength or weight-bearing, like running or hiking, can be really important for cyclists just for acute health to, you know, maybe not break as many bones or any bones at all. And then just long-term, again, the improved bone density, it starts to drop off after a certain age and it's, you can maintain it, but it's hard to increase it. And then from the coordination standpoint, as people get older, coordination goes down. And if there's a fall risk, then it becomes, it becomes a long-term yeah, it's one of those use it or lose it type of deals. Yeah. And um, yeah, just as you said with that, um, and when we're talking about strength training, you don't necessarily have to put on a lot of muscle mass to improve the tensile strength of the muscles and the resiliency should you fall. So, you know, you don't have to get big to be strong. Also throw the caveat out there that there are some people just put on muscle faster or someone say easier. 
than others. And that's kind of just a more genetic thing because you can, I know people always say to get big muscles, you need to do really heavy weights, low reps, but you look at the average cyclist, their legs are quite muscular and that's pretty high rep, I would say. Yeah. We'll have to save that for another episode to go deep into that. But uh, yeah, you're, you got a point there. And so along with, with that, right, we've got these improvements, coordination improvements, and then you really need to balance out that fun aspect. Like running, for example, for a cyclist is really good because it, it checks all the boxes of impact and it's slightly different. So it's, it's good in that sense. And it's also its own endurance sport. Like you're getting the same sort of endurance zones, if you will, training, accumulated time there. But you need to weigh that against if you hate running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't really suggest. Yeah, if it's uh, yeah, if it's not if it's not checking that box for you, I wouldn't. It wouldn't add it to your program. There's plenty of other things you can do. Yeah. So finding just that balance of again something that is going to be different than what you're doing day to day for normal training, and then something that you really enjoy. I know for myself, a lot of the cross training I'll do would be hiking, and I'll do it with my friends or my wife or my dad. Like that's just a nice time to get out and hang out with some people outdoors when you might otherwise neglect spending a bit of time with them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that hiking generally, you know, when we say walking, we tend to mean flat, which, you know, walking could be a, a good thing as well, but hiking, we tend to think of that as going up or down. Well, and if you go up, you have to come down, which is going to increase the, uh, unless eccentric. you, unless you do base jumping. Well, we already ruled that out as a, as a cross training <laughs> method, but getting that eccentric load when you're hiking is, is going to transfer. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that we don't get, especially riding. Yeah. And so when, when you say eccentric load, we're talking about that a type of, it's called a muscle, con, a type of muscle contraction, but it's a lot of people don't like using the term contraction with eccentric because it's actually a, a controlled elongation. Right. So you're technically not contracting. Same with isometric. You're not contracting. You're not you're changing just, the length of the muscle. Right. So, so, so that's, you know, maybe a bit more in the weeds than than we need to go into. But yeah, an eccentric attraction, it's that controlled elongation. So when you're walking downhill and you're bending your leg under load, it's it's that stretching of of like your quads. And that's something that you don't get biking. Absolutely. It, biking's a push only. Unless you're on a fixie and doing really high cadence stuff, then you can get some eccentric, but that's very that's for a very small minority of, of people. And that's eccentric contractions are what are the primary cause of of DOM, so delayed onset muscle soreness. I think we've all experienced, it's been a while since you've hit the gym, you go do some squats, and then the next day you don't like walking around because it hurts. Or a couple of days later. And same thing with hiking. If you, It's always the coming down that will ruin my legs. We can go up all day because we're cyclists. That's what we do. We do that pushing down motion. It's coming down. And that's one of the reasons it's so important to stick with that stuff Boom. year-round. Boom. If you stick with it, if you start early and you stick with it, you don't have to go through the big adaptation phase of that pain and that recovery process so much. You know, you make a good point there, but it's not something you just want to add in at the, at the wrong time either. You know, right in the middle of your season, say you've got a big event coming, that's not the time to start cross-training. Well, perhaps it's the time to start cross-training with something else, but I wouldn't go hiking downhill. Yeah, like if you haven't been hiking in a couple months, maybe don't do a an eight-mile hike. Maybe stick with a short loop, walking the dog or something. Those adaptations, that soreness, it goes away. Once you've been lifting for a prolonged enough period of time with the set of movements, you get much less sore afterwards, and you feel better on the bike. 
And that's one of the things that was is so common. And I know a lot of cyclists still follow this. It's okay. It's the winter. Let's go to the gym. Let's do some strength work. And then season starts completely stop. Just stop. And for that transition back into the gym, the first like six, eight, 10 weeks, they feel really bad on the bike. And then they finally feel good after that point. And then they stop and then it just resets. They lose all that adaptation. They go back to the gym. It makes them super sore. They have another 10 weeks of mediocre training on the bike. So it just becomes, you're setting yourself back every time you step away from that. Absolutely. Which brings us to the second part of what we were talking here. Why, why you should keep cross training in your program all year long. And we just covered, we obviously, you don't want to have to go through that readaptation phase all the time. But for all of the reasons that we stated above, you're going to get distribution of movement patterns. You're going to stimulate your nervous system in really great ways. You don't have to go through the cycle of soreness. Traditionally, like you said, Mac, people will go into the gym during the off season and do strength and then they, they stop when it's ride time. And that's historically been, you know, a pattern. We highly recommend that you keep doing your cross training or strength training all year long. You might make some changes or adjustments in the type of moves or the load during that time, but you still want to keep the stimulus going. And if if you're thinking, no, there's no way I can fit that in year round into my schedule, it'll take too much out of me. It's worth noting that uh, Primus Roglic, every morning, even when he's on the tour or something, he'll go out for a five-minute run first thing before breakfast. That's just his regime, it puts him in a good mindset. He likes doing it. And granted, he hasn't won the tour yet. Yeah, but I'd say he's a pretty solid rider. Yeah, if he can if he can squeeze that in there every single day, then yeah, once a week. So just briefly, if strength training is your cross-training go-to, there's different types of things that you can do that are still kind of in that strength training realm. And these would be more dynamic movements, low load, kind of fast, reactive. And a lot of these are in the system workouts. You can access them there. So you're not necessarily squatting heavy or doing a big volume. You might reduce your volume a little bit, depending on how far out an event is. You may keep or reduce your weight a little bit. But in general, we're just talking about bringing the volume down. Yeah. You switch to what we call a maintenance phase. You're no longer trying to make significant gains. You're not trying to make improvements, but that doesn't mean you should just stop and start deproving, <laughs> not improving as much. It's you just want to hang on to what you have. And, and that doesn't require that much frequency or intensity, but it does require that you still do that stuff on with strength, like ideally on a twice a week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like Max said a a moment ago, you don't have to spend a lot of time there. You just need to come back and and keep things tidy, keep those systems going, keep them activated. A little bit will go a long way. Twice a week, 15 minutes, you're going to be set. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we talk a lot about yoga as a cross training and something that may not, you may not think about as much, but Yoga or just any sort of stretching can also be a good way to spend, right, an extra 20 minutes three times a week. It's For a lot of people, it can be a good mental break. I know for for me, the hour before bed, I'd always do a stretching routine just because it helps calm me down, wind down, and I just feel a lot better the next day if I stretch compared to days I don't stretch. I view it as cross-training because it, it does help my on-bike performance. I enjoy it, and it's just it's 
motivating to stay on it when you view it as an integral part of your training and not just something to throw on the side. Just another thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and as you touched on with that mental side of just being present with yourself and putting the energy where you need to, if it's a five-minute meditation, and that can be very good cross-training. We're not talking about the muscular adaptations, but mentally that can give you the break. So if it's that meditation or if it's, if it's the yoga that you were doing at night, definitely keep it in there. Uh, it's going to give you that mental release. We've gone over the strength, how you can change that in season to keep keep at it. The same rules pretty much apply with, with other stuff. With, with running, if you run semi-regularly and it's something you enjoy, you, you keep do it. But again, as you get to a more important part, when you get closer to an event or, or some goal you have, dial back the distance you're running. You probably It's probably better to keep the same frequency, but just reduce the total amount of time. And there's nothing wrong with doing a quick run and then going on a ride. I know one of my... Uh, favorite sessions I ever had. I rode up uh, to Brainerd Lake, met my dad there. We went on a hike up there and then I rode back down and that was a really fun day. I got to hike with my dad, which I love doing, but I was still training. So I needed to get, I think I was supposed to get like an hour of climbing in. So that's fantastic. That's what I did. And it was, it was a great time. And so just because I was hiking that day didn't mean I wasn't allowed to ride. Right. You know, um, that leads me to another um, thing that if you're cross-training activity is, say, pickleball or tennis or golf. (laughs) You can still keep that in, even during the season, even during competition season, you probably just want to back off your intensity a little bit, back off the frequency. Don't, you know, go play a golf tournament the day before a race. But, um, you know, get out and, you know, that's completely different movement. I wouldn't pick up golf right before you start, but if that's something that you enjoy, yeah, go for it. Probably ride in the cart instead of walking. You know, with other sports, what would you say, like, you know, if if one of your cross-chaining activities, you know, we've got a lot of kids out there, is soccer. Um, how would you how would you handle managing that? I'd say re- maybe put them, I don't know, just tell them to back off on the slide tackles probably. <laughs> okay. But basically, what we're saying is you don't have to you don't have to go away from it for for a whole season. We just we just keep it in there as a you know a fun activity that's going to give you some mental refreshment and uh, make you move in other directions. And this is just kind of a, a side tangent, but that is is a good segue from that soccer comment about kids. There's a lot of research coming out now that it's really beneficial for kids to have. If they're competitive, that they do a lot of different things. Range. Yep. So even at the ACSM conference we were just at, there was a, a new a study there that was going over that. And it was it's easy to see now that, like, yeah, if you force a kid to do one thing, they might end up hating it later in life and not Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. But the benefits you get off of doing a whole bunch of different stuff is, is really – it's shown now that that's important for, for kids. So all you parents out there, maybe be more open to those. Yeah, don't pigeonhole – um, and that's something that we might have to come back to in another episode and talk about the, you know, diversity in, in uh, development and that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, the, the main takeaway is um, have some cross-training. Keep it in all year round. Back it off. Don't do as much intensity or as much volume. Definitely keep it in there. And most importantly with cross-training, make sure it's fun. Make sure it's something you enjoy that's going to give you a little mental boost for your next hard 
yeah. hard workout. Absolutely. Something you want to do rather than run away from. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Knowledge Podcast by Wahoo. Hope you can get out there this weekend or a coming weekend and go enjoy some cross-training fun. Until next time, thanks for listening. Go!